CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. Project Veritas has filed a lawsuit against Twitter, coming after Twitter suspended Project Veritas's founder, James O'Keefe's accounts permanently. Twitter accused James of having fake accounts, insinuating that he is some sort of Russian disinformation bot, given their policies against fake accounts that originated to fight alleged Russian disinformation. But according to Project Veritas, the reality is that O'Keefe has no fake accounts. Twitter has just been on a campaign to silence Project Veritas. Obviously, Twitter hasn't been successful, since hashtag ExposeCNN was trending number two in the U.S. over the weekend, despite O'Keefe's suspension. Last week, O'Keefe released tapes of a high-level CNN employee admitting to purposefully shaping propaganda during the 2020 election designed to negatively impact the Trump campaign. This is a page literally out of the Communist Manifesto, and the First Amendment should protect the right of Americans to speak freely, even when the censorship is coming from major corporations, not just the government. Obviously, CNN and the left doesn't want you to see this expose, so of course, we're going to show you it. This clip is just a few minutes of the first video. I think I, I think we got him through this term. We would always show shots of him jogging. Him in aviator shades and like a, like you paint him as a young geriatric. We were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were, so that's, that's, I think that's probably it. Look what we did. We got Trump back. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. Do you think it's going to be just like a lot of like fear? Like climate? Yeah, fear sells. Fear sells. No one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. And what is it you do? Technical director. It's one step down from director. It's, our, it's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office. Without saying it, that's what it was. Trump uh, was hand shaking or whatever, and he was losing it. He's unfit. We were creating a story there. So that's, that's, I think that's probably it. So I'm standing here at 30 Hudson Yards. Warner Media is in right there. That's CNN's corporate headquarters. We're in New York City. Jim Shudo just walked out. Funny enough, I asked him about the videos we have just obtained of a CNN director, Charlie Chester, on tape for years. We've heard that CNN is the most trusted name in news, but a CNN director is on tape telling us that they're propaganda, helping a certain political candidate, employees admitting what we've always known to be true. This time, it's on tape. Look what we did. We got Trump back. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. I really don't think so. 
So Chester says that CNN is responsible for getting Trump out of office and helping Biden through his term. Listen to this tape. Chester and Hoffman believe CNN managed to get Trump out of office, their words, and Chester calls CNN propaganda. Yeah, I mean, like, Trump, we did it. Like, when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like, his hand was shaking or whatever, like we brought in, like, so many medical people to, like, all tell a story that, like, it was all speculation that he was, like, neurological damage, like, that, that he was losing it, he's unfit to, you know, whatever. We were... We were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were. So that's that's. I think that's probably it. You know, um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were like just taking shots off the bow, just hoping something came. You know. I guess I have a, a confession. I I worry about Biden and his and his and his health. I guess your news health. What? You no, said, I said Biden, our, our president. Like I I want to just like literally. I just want to like take care of him and make sure he's okay. Like he's definitely the whole thing of him running during the entire president, like run for the campaign showing him jogging was obviously a deflection of his age and they're trying to make him like oh, healthy is that what we did I, I don't know like what do you mean we would always show shots of him jogging yeah. and that I'm healthy you know blah 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 and him in aviator shades and like a, like you paint him as a young geriatric I like so many arguments about like my dad be like you're um, you know you're voting in Kamala Harris because he's gonna die during the presidency and I'm like that gonna die right I don't think but I'm okay with that right I'm okay with that I think she could she'd be probably a bitch. be better but she probably could be a bitch in like a board meeting yeah and you'd hate her as a boss but she's real and better than what we've had right. regardless yeah I don't I don't see I think I, I think we got him through this term even after Biden was sworn in CNN still seemed to maintain a bias in the reporting according to Chester and then so there are complaints that like we're not covering that Biden trip up the stairs. Oh, did you? Like we talked about it briefly, but but you talk about that briefly. You don't make that a huge. Okay, story. no, but the, the fact that we talk about the truck tripping is part incredible. And this goes on for several more videos. Watch it while you still can. So obviously there's more to this story than Twitter just conveniently suspending Project Veritas immediately after O'Keefe released the CNN tapes. O'Keefe is an investigative journalist. This is even worse than viewpoint discrimination. This is attempting to silence facts. So what's the likelihood of prevailing on this lawsuit? I'll ask James O'Keefe and one of his lawyers when we come back with more of Just the Truth. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining me now is James O'Keefe, founder and CEO of Project Veritas, and Jared Ede, chief legal officer of Project Veritas. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And uh, James, I want to start with you. You've just filed this lawsuit against Twitter. Uh, This is a bombshell thing that is happening. I think a lot of conservatives um, and especially investigative journalists such as yourself who want to just get facts out there are really alarmed at uh, the tech oligarchs for silencing and censoring uh, not just conservatives with viewpoint discrimination, but now uh, they're censoring facts and truth from getting exposed. So uh, what is the point of your lawsuit and how are you planning to hold Twitter accountable? Well, Jenna, this is so breaking that we're quite literally filing this lawsuit in, like right now. It's getting out there. And I mean, it's pretty straightforward that Twitter, Twitter Corporation and their executives said that I had created, quote, fake accounts, which I did not do. So we, we are uh, filing a lawsuit for defamation in the New York State Supreme Court, and we have filed that lawsuit today. And for those of you who think, well, this is just a publicity stunt, I mean, we have won effectively every lawsuit Project Veritas has litigated, usually as a defendant, but uh, today's lawsuit is on offense. We are suing for defamation, and many of you think, well, but Section 230 protects Twitter, but it doesn't protect Twitter from this particular action because this is not something that someone else has said on Twitter. This is something that Twitter has said about me personally. And we have, we're coming on the heels of a tremendous victory against the New York Times, a historic motion that we won, a judge's 16-page order, uh, uh, not allowing the New York Times to dismiss our lawsuit for defamation. That means that Veritas is going to get discovery into the New York Times newsroom after they said that I was, quote, deceptive. So a lot of these organizations, New York Times, said I was deceptive, said that we were part of a coordinated disinformation campaign. Now we get to depose, conduct depositions into New York Times employees. We're not familiar with anyone ever deposing the New York Times and putting that on the Internet like we do. So we're going to try to do the same thing. We're not going to try. We're actually going to do the same thing to Twitter. And I, and I think that uh, this is all the only recourse that we have is to, is to use the country's libel laws against these Goliaths who act with malice and a reckless disregard for the truth. And I'll just say one more thing. Um, this is about something so fundamental, the right to speak, the right to, the right to repeat what others tell us. I, a lot of people go online, they just talk a big game, they opine, they offer their opinion, they, they're talking heads. I am not a talking head. I don't say anything unless I'm repeating what the CNN people are saying. That's what I'm doing. This is something so fundamental. So for Twitter to say that I, I, I'm, I'm uh, operating fake accounts is simply defamation and they will pay. Well, I certainly applaud you, uh, James, for doing this and for holding them accountable. And so, uh, Jared, as the lawyer here uh, that's that's suing on behalf of Project Veritas, um, I want to read a a tweet that you just posted. I'm reading it off my phone because literally you just tweeted this, but it's great. You said, you know the difference between Project Veritas and The New York Times. Project Veritas doesn't have a court order calling our work, quote, deceptive disinformation. The New York Times does, though, courtesy of yours truly. 
sit down. I love it because you are actually trying to hold accountable uh, these people who are just spinning the narrative. I mean, this is obviously just a cover of Twitter to get James and Project Veritas out of social media. So how are you planning to overcome all of these objections uh, to say that, well, this is a private corporation, so you can't hold them accountable under the First Amendment? Yeah, so I mean, you know, this this comes back to the straight irony of of the situation here. Truth being stranger than fiction, that James O'Keefe was kicked off of Twitter for supposedly having fake accounts. Meanwhile, there are imposter accounts of James O'Keefe that still remain that are actually fake, still on Twitter to this day. I think Twitter has effectively, you know, tied their own rope, if you will, uh, and and given us exactly the fodder which which we need to be able to depose them. Um, this is not just about the First Amendment rights of Twitter. It's about the First Amendment rights of Americans whose public square and ability to participate in public politics has been effectively usurped by Twitter. And Twitter is effectively saying it is our decision as to what you can and cannot say, where you can say it, and how you can say it. Um, James is is one of the few people that has the fortitude and the spine to be able to fight back. And he's He's doing it rather effectively. I believe we're going to get past motion to dismiss. We're going to hold Twitter accountable. We're going to depose Twitter and we're going to expose them to the world. Uh, they will have to answer our questions. That's amazing, and I, I certainly wish you uh, the best of luck with this because this is something, um, you know, we talked last time that you were on the program, uh, Jared, about uh, this whole idea of, of having uh, the, the freedom of the press so protected with New York Times versus Sullivan in uh, that lawsuit. But here with Twitter, I think a lot of people, especially in the wake of uh, President Trump being suspended and seeing a lot of conservative voices that are viewpoints, uh, legally, this goes, I think, a little deeper because this is now an investigative journalist. This isn't about viewpoint, this is about facts. So how does that play into your analysis and what relief are you seeking from the court? Yeah, so I mean, with defamation cases, the, the relief is pretty simple, which is you lied about us, you need to correct it. Um, this isn't about money, this isn't about uh, anything other than that, that simple fact. Um, I think the fact that they went after and they're going after investigative journalists just shows the depravity of the situation that they find themselves in, where they believe that they are entitled to police the truth, to police what we can and cannot say, and again, where we can say it. Um, we're going to show them that the world isn't quite as rosy as they believe it to be, and that their power isn't quite as uh, you know absolute as they would like it to be. Yeah, and James, uh, so now that this is effectively, you know, you're off Twitter, you had almost a million followers there. Uh, what's the plan to still get Project Veritas's material out there? Where can conservatives go uh, when they're seeing that big tech uh, corporations that are so leftist like Twitter and Facebook continue to silence conservatives? Uh, I would go to Telegram. Uh, we, you know, so we just talked about this distribution by proxy. That means that if everyone watching this program downloads an app called Telegram and just follows me on there, just type in James O'Keefe, we actually post our video clips right in there and you can download them and upload them, upload them to your Twitter. So we have something like 400,000 or half a million followers on Telegram and a lot of people are now uh, distributing. I mean, this what you're doing with this right here, This I'm, I'm sure you'll put this on Twitter. What, are they going to ban you for posting me on Twitter? So if we'll you see. actually think- <laughs> I might join your lawsuit. <laughs> well, and I, yeah. And I really think, in, in all seriousness, I think that whatever fear people still have, like, just do away with it. What, are they going to ban everyone? For... I want to mm -hmm. emphasize mm -hmm. something here. You know, we, all I did was quote the CNN director. That's all I did. I mean, are they saying that I'm not allowed to quote people? 
So, so we're not, we can't lose. We can't lose, Jenna. We cannot lose because of the principles here are so fundamental. It's not like it was me saying some bombastic thing. You know, people get banned because they are talking heads and they say things. I didn't say anything. I quoted this guy. I quote, I quoted this guy and they took my account down. So this is, these are principles going back to I guess the Declaration of Independence, Cicero, the, the the idea of First Amendment in this country. So I don't think we can lose. The only way we're actually going to lose is if people are afraid. If people are afraid of them being targeted by the big tech companies. So they, so they eventually what happens in history is that uh, uh, tyranny wins because people uh, care more about surviving at any price. They care more about not losing their Twitter account. And I think you asked, what can I do? Well, what you can do is upload this particular segment into your Twitter. That's what you can do. You cannot be afraid. And I'm not afraid. And I'm, I'm trying to send a message to the world that you know, we've already sued the New York Times and we've gotten farther than most people in American history. We're actually getting to a jury trial in the New York Times litigation. Uh, and I can guarantee you that that's scaring the hell out of the executive editor of the New York Times, because unlike him, I have been deposed many, 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 many times, and they got nothing on me. They went through all of our reporters' notebooks, all of our emails, because we do behave, eth behave ethically. And I believe that uh, the New York Times and Twitter are not behaving ethically, and I believe the discovery process will show that, and you can't act in reckless disregard for the truth. That means you can't intentionally lie the First Amendment does not allow for that, even about public figures. It's just that no one has ever had the resources or the will to go after them. And I do, and I will. And, and you're, you're going to have a People's Defamation Defense Fund sprouting up all over the country now. There's going to be people filing libel actions, as they should, uh, with the fact patterns where people intentionally and maliciously defamed public figures. I'm just, we're just, we're just one of the first to, to do it first. And you should. I mean, this is something that's so important, James, and I'm so grateful that you're doing this and you're having the courage to be the tip of the spear and to say, we won't just be silenced and say, okay, fine, we're going to take um, my Twitter account offline and I'm just going to have to deal with it because they're a private corporation. This is something that has to be challenged. And I find it really fascinating, and either of you can jump into this question, that Twitter actually in writing said to you that the rationale for removing your account was something that is so easily provable false. I mean, that's just shockingly reckless to me uh, if they're even trying to prevail here. Well, I, I'll, let me jump in there. I, I, I think that the, you could say the same thing about the other people that have done it. The New York Times, I mean, said that I was, quote, deceptive, that I was part of a, quote, disinformation campaign. Perhaps it's that they're so used to getting away with this. I mean, look at the CNN guy. He looks like a total narcissist. He, he, he's, he's sort of bragging that he knows it's wrong, but it's it fear sells. And you know, what's the term he said? Uh, if it bleeds, it leads. He said, we want the COVID deaths higher for, for the ratings. And you ask, why would someone behave like that, Jenna? And that's a psychological question. But I think part of it is they haven't been held accountable. They've, no one's ever held them accountable in their lives. So they're not used to accountability. But I, I speak as a defendant in over a dozen lawsuits that has been deposed under oath and they got nothing on me because I do behave like a jury is always watching when I conduct my journalism. And the New York Times, in that, in that case, the New York Times told the, the, the Supreme Court judge 
the New York Times defense in their response to our lawsuit was, quote, it's an opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the judge said, well, why are you why are you using an opinion in the first sentence of an A section of a newspaper? So we Great. look forward to discovering. And we'll have to leave it there. Thank you both. I wish you the best of luck. We'll be right back with more on Just the Truth. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Over the weekend, Congresswoman Maxine Waters demanded a guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial where closing arguments were underway earlier today. And she told violent protesters, quote, we've got to stay on the street and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational, unquote. Watch this. Reform. And so, yes, I would like to see the bill in Congress pass on police reform, but I know that the right wing, the racist, are opposed to it, and I don't know what's going to happen to it, but I know this, we've got to stay in the street, and we've got to, we've got to demand justice. As a black man, despite all of the efforts, I feel like nothing changes, and George Floyd is waking so many people up, yet nothing has happened, just, you know, despite the rhetoric, like, what, what needs to happen that's different this year than all the years before? We're looking for a guilty verdict. We're looking for a guilty verdict, and we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, then we know uh, that we've got to not only stay in the street, but we've got to fight for justice. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean. Oh no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. Congressman, from what happens if we do not get? get what you just told. What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we need this. Joining me now to react is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. And Congresswoman, uh, you have just filed a motion in Congress to expel Maxine Waters from Congress. So uh, first of all, great. This is absolutely something that needs to happen. And uh, tell people what this contains and why this was so important for you to file this today. Well, I I filed this on behalf of the American people. I want to ask Maxine Waters, what is more confrontational than what we have seen this past year where BLM, Antifa, thugs, domestic terrorists have rioted in American cities, burned American cities, looted American businesses, attacked innocent American people, and murdered innocent people like David Dorn. I want to know what is more confrontational than that. Because if she's calling for telling people to stay in the streets and and be more confrontational, then 
she's actually calling for war. She's actually actually wanting people to get killed, like the Minnesota National Guardsmen that were shot at just hours after she was out there after curfew, breaking the law and telling people they need to stay in the streets, threatening a jury that is that is in the process of hearing closing arguments and basically telling them that more violence is coming and they need to fight. She is out there acting like the commander the commander of the, the, the BLM domestic terrorist army. And this is a US, US House of Representative Congresswoman. It's shocking, it's appalling, and the American people are fed up. We've had enough. Absolutely. This is morally reprehensible. And the irony, I think, isn't lost upon rational, reasonable people that, uh, Congresswoman, this what she's saying and what she has a history of saying is exactly what the left tried to falsely impeach President Trump for. And yet she's here uh, just brazenly going about this, thinking that she's not going to be held accountable. Jenna, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and I had to take part of that. I was in the chamber. We were working through the objections with uh, Joe Biden's Electoral College votes. We were working through that when the, the Capitol riot occurred. I was just as much a victim of that as anyone else was. Then they went forward and they impeached President Trump for words that he spoke. And what he spoke was he told people to march peacefully to the Capitol and make your voices heard peacefully. But yet we have Maxine Waters telling people to stay in the streets and get more confrontational. Listen, I have been the most attacked member of Congress. These people, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, who rubber stamped Maxine Waters' words today by saying Maxine Waters has nothing to apologize for. Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, and the Democrats voted to kick me off of committees, and I did nothing wrong. There was no wrongdoing as a member of Congress. These were words on social media years ago. These people, the Democrats, introduced a resolution to expel me, and I've done nothing wrong. They impeached President Trump, and he did nothing wrong. They refused to acknowledge the riots. They refuse to acknowledge the violence that BLM and Antifa has, has committed all across America all year long. And now we have Maxine Waters out there in the streets telling them that it must continue. Stay in the streets. Be more confrontational. How many people have to die before they're going to acknowledge what their words are doing? How many more businesses have to be ruined? She calls herself Auntie, Auntie Maxine, nobody's auntie tells people to go out and destroy their neighborhoods until they supposedly get justice. This isn't justice. This woman is basically calling for war and she must be expelled. This is a she's a danger to society. And the Democrats are the nonstop hypocrites. And that's why I'm happy to introduce this resolution to expel Maxine Waters. And I'm doing it on behalf of the people because it's the people of this nation that should matter, not the political games and the stunts that the, that the Democrats want to do in Congress. Well, so realistically, Congresswoman, uh, the Democrats control the House, and so uh, this is going to come down to partisan politics. So really what conservatives and Americans who see the hypocrisy here should be looking at is how many other Republicans get behind this. I think that's what's going to show us the backbone of the real people who want to stand up for truth, justice, and the American way. So how many uh, co-sponsors do you have? Do you anticipate that you'll get a lot of support from Republicans and independents? Well, Jenna, you know, here's the thing. So when I came to Congress, I didn't come here 
to join Congress, join the swamp and do things as business as usual. That's why you see me constantly out on the House floor forcing recorded votes, not allowing votes to happen by voice, because I believe members of Congress should go on record. I also believe that even though we're in the very thin minority, I believe that this can happen if the American people make their voices heard, call in, tell their representatives, we want this woman expelled, sign on to this resolution that Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced. Every single member of Congress should be on it. You wanna know why? Anyone that voted to impeach President Trump should vote to expel Maxine Waters. There should be no double standard. And this one is clear and plain as day. So for me, this isn't about trying to work and navigate the typical system. I want the people involved and I want the people to call in because I believe this country belongs to the people. This government is for the people and, and this is for the people. So if they get involved and make and say, this is what we want, then Congress must do their will. And so for me, it's all about the people and I hope they call their representatives and tell them to sign on the resolution. Well, this is why we love you and we're so grateful. Uh, those of us who really understand uh, what Congress is in session for, why we elected representatives, uh, you're absolutely right that this is why uh, Congress needs to be there and that the American people need to get behind this. So uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you so much for your bold stand and for going to con Congress to truly represent the American people and advocate just for fairness and for equal justice under the law. So continue your great work and we'll follow up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Well, for more on the Derek Chauvin trial and uh, some interesting statistics, we're going to be talking with John Solomon from Just the News. And you're going to want to stick around for this when we get right back here on Just the Truth. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Continuing the conversation about how mainstream media is manipulating the facts to make you believe things that are incredibly false, I'm now going to talk to John Solomon, who's the editor-in-chief here at Just the News. And John, uh, there was an interesting piece in Just the News that grabbed my attention yeah. yesterday that a survey says that uh, most blacks uh, actually wildly misunderstand the statistics when it comes to police shooting fatalities. Talk about this. Listen, uh, it's another example of the false reality that's been created over the last five and ten years. So uh, University of London does a study. They interview all the different racial categories of Americans, age, gender, they split it up. They come out and discover that uh, African Americans in America believe that uh, blacks are killed by police more often than blacks die in car accidents. That's a significant amount of death if, if you think about it. The only problem is that uh, car deaths are five times more likely to occur than a black man being shot by an officer. So the statistics are way off, a factor of five, I mean, not, not mildly off, way off. Yet the persistent sentiment is there, and it's across all uh, uh, races, with the exception of white Trump voters, almost everyone else believed that uh, blacks had been killed more often by police than by car accidents. 
what does it show? It shows that the, the media's coverage of this has created an illusion, has created a reality to people. It's very real. I don't doubt the people who say it truly believe it, but it's not based in fact at all. And I think that's one of the problems that we're dealing with, the media's inability. They gloss over certain things. They, they create a headline, and they don't give you the meat below it. And so you start to believe stuff. And once you repeat it four or five times, it becomes reality in people's minds. Absolutely fascinating study by the folks at University of London. Really, really, really interesting. Yeah, so how dangerous then really is this uh, to the perception and also to uh, to journalism in general? When you have things like this where you have just the clickbait headlines yeah. that are falsely shaping the narrative. I mean, we just talked to uh, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, sure. where now you're actually, you have Twitter censoring investigative yeah. journalists that uh, this isn't even viewpoint discrimination. Nope. This is just bias of saying, it's hey, so we want to censor facts that we don't like. Yeah, inconvenient facts are being censored all across the board. I mean, uh, another story on the site today really gets at this. Two stories that the president, uh, two narratives that the president took on last year, President Trump took on last year, uh, was he was panned wildly, violently for them. One of them was that the Russians had uh, put bounties on the head of American soldiers in Afghanistan. The president says, I don't think the intelligence is that good. He got blown up. He's a Putin file. He loves Putin. Well, now the Biden administration, great. the intelligence wasn't great. That story in the New York Times wasn't accurate. We can go back to Russia collusion. We hear that here again, same thing. The, the issue of a black person being shot by a, an officer, it's serious. It's wrong. We never want it to happen. A lot of times it's justified, as we later find out. But it's not of the scale of car accidents, and yet a majority of Americans think that. The media has done a bad job in giving people facts. They give them viewpoints. They give them fear. I think Bill Maurer talked about this uh, on Friday night. All the fear-mongering about COVID. Bill Maurer, I think, said the Florida governor got it right and the rest of the world got it wrong. Uh, we are living in a period now where the media deserves some very serious accountability. Wrong stories, false stories, creating false realities in the public dialogue. And then elected leaders picking up that false information and running with it. One of the problems with false realities, once it's in the marketplace, people act on it. And that's the danger here. Right. And it's so hard then to correct the record because obviously oh, there's yeah. so much more attention when the headline uh, first gets out. I don't think that anyone is really paying attention no. to the false information now and that President Trump was actually right. And so it's amazing that whether it's a few months or even a few years later, President right. Trump is proven correct, but you never see those retractions. And from a journalistic standpoint, uh, why, why do you think it is that we don't see some of those retractions from the New York Times? I mean, isn't that just basic journalism? Ethic. There was a whole book just recently written that really goes into it. The Gray Lady winked. It's really, if you haven't mm -hmm. read the book, it's fantastic. Look at, first off, the New York Times has a long history of getting big things wrong, having big ethical conflicts. But in this case, the inability of the New York Times to retract stories or to make corrections on page A27 when the original story is in A1, this serves the public interest in a very, very large way because you'd never get back your reputation once the New York Times has put it in a headline. Just ask Carter Page, all of the pain he mm -hmm. suffered in the Russia investigation. Ask uh, all of the people that have been maligned over the years only to... I'm one of them. You're, you've been I'm there. One of you them. know. The New York Times yeah. wrote a hit piece that was yeah. so ridiculous, and it it had yeah. it had twisted facts in it that completely tried to undermine my credibility as a lawyer just to get to Trump. And of course, they're not going to go back and put in the correct facts. They're, they're never going to issue a retraction, no. and it's so hard to sue for defamation. We, this is why, in my opinion, we have to make sure that uh, that to, to support the. 
uh, efforts of people like Project Veritas who right. are suing the New York Times and are saying we need to overturn sure. or clarify New York Times versus Sullivan. John Paul McIsaac, the guy who uh, received the laptop from Hunter Biden, did his job, tried to get it fixed. When he leaves it behind, he looks at it, realizes there may be a criminal matter, gives it to the FBI. He's called a part of a Russian disinformation campaign. He's suing Twitter now, but will most people remember that? Probably not. They're going to remember him as a Russian disinformation artist, even though everything on that laptop turns out to be accurate. It was Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, and, and this is where they get away with it because they have this type of headline and then the retraction never happens or people have moved on and they don't care. It served the purpose, just like the CNN uh, propaganda exposés yeah. that Project Veritas um, has came in with. And I hope that they are successful in their lawsuit against sure. Twitter yeah. and some other things. But, John, this is why it's so important what you do, uh, to make sure that you put out the yeah. truth. And I would encourage everyone to read Just the News because you'll continue to fight for the truth and to put out facts and to make sure that when this comes out, uh, you're going to have headlines about we, it. We let people see the facts, too. You can read the documents. You can watch the video. You can watch, the, listen to the audio. We want to be transparent with people. I think the loss of neutrality, loss of transparency in journalism has really harmed us. And what it's done now is it's created a one-party state. You've got the Democrats, the uh, deep state bureaucrats, and the media all following one storyline and there's no way to get it back. And many times, as we just learned just last week again, intelligence community, wrong. News media, wrong. Democrats, wrong. That conglomeration of one party control of information looks a lot more like socialism or communism than it looks like Americanism. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.